Welcome to On the Side with Jackie London, a BS-free podcast where we're talking all things food, nutrition, and wellness to help you build healthier habits that stick. As a registered dietitian, author, journalist, and former clinician turned content creator, I've heard and seen it all. Join me each week as I debunk diet myths, explore the latest wellness trends, and answer all of your pressing listener questions. Plus, we'll hear from a guest who will kick off each interview weekly with a soup-to-nuts rundown and, okay, sometimes analysis of what they're eating, cooking, ordering in, or where they're dining out with tons of delicious ideas, lots of laughs, and plenty of pro tips in between. The one thing I can actually guarantee, I'll serve up tangible, actionable strategies to help you apply the science behind what works to what works best for you. Oh, listeners, I have such a treat for today's episode. Hi, welcome back. (laughs) How are you guys? I've missed you. I hope you had a wonderful or at least relaxing and somewhat peaceful long weekend this past weekend. And I am thrilled to bring you a fantastic guest today. Joining me for the On The Side podcast is Tony Marinucci. She is also a fellow podcaster. She has She's the host of the podcast Tips With Tony. She is a blogger and a registered dietitian. And she is also a TEDx speaker. And she has an amazing TEDx talk that compares our relationship with food to how we approach dating. And I could not relate to this anymore. I thought that this conversation, it's just so refreshing. We talk about what it means to practice making healthier choices in your lifestyle. And when it comes to dating, I I honestly thought the analogies that she made were like mind-blowingly both simple, but also so kind of poignant. Like she's spot on on so many things. We also talk about some of the challenges of adopting new patterns and how this comes up for her and her work and how it comes up for me in my work and what working individually and in groups really means to each of us, but also how we can start helping more people to apply more of what we are talking so much about in their everyday lives. I think you're going to love this one. I had an absolute blast speaking with Tony. I think she's just so uplifting. I think you're going to love it. As always, please get in touch with me. I would love to hear from you. Leave me a five-star rating. I mean, God only knows. I could really use a boost right now, and I'm sure you could too, and I will send you back a virtual hug and a kiss. So leave a five-star review, a five-star rating rather, uh, leave a review. I'd love to hear from you guys. You can always reach me by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or on Amazon Music or Audible or wherever you are listening to this right now. You can also DM me at JacquelineLondonRD on Instagram or Twitter, and I am going to let you listen to Tony. Tony Marinucci. You can also listen to Tips with Tony once you're done with this episode, but you you might want to check this one out first. All right, let's get into it. But first, let's get to a quick listener question. All right, my friends, today's question is help. (laughs) I love when a question starts with help. Help. I am getting crushed by grocery prices. Do you have any tips for shopping for healthy foods that won't cost me my entire bank account? I love the phrasing of that question. Yes, I do have a number of tips. All right, let me start with the first one. 
which, you know, I can't resist a little pun, you guys. So I I would say fish for savings. Hmm. You'll see what I did there in just a sec. Here's the thing. For your everyday use, canned versions and snack packs of seafood can go a really long way. They're really portable. They're really versatile, and they can stay in your pantry for months on end, basically. I would say to look for ones that, like, especially if it's tuna or sardines, like, look for ones that are canned in water, If especially if you're trying to watch the sodium, because these can actually creep up in sodium pretty high. But flavored varieties are also great, especially if you don't want to cook or prep anything else, right? Like you can just dump this into salad greens and you're good. You know what I mean? The health benefits in general are innumerable, right? But but I also think the benefits from just a sheer cost standpoint, I mean, it's like an average of $2 for a can of tuna. I mean, obviously that, that can really range. <laughs> it definitely depends on the type of seafood that you're getting and where you're getting it from and where you live. But I think that's such an overlooked, easy, portable, convenient solution for getting protein that's also delicious and easy and safe and nutritious. I know that like it's always been seen as something that's kind of like, oh no, like is that cat food? No, this is great. It's a great solution. It's a great item to have in your pantry for any reason whatsoever, especially, I, you know, it's often one that I recommend to people who live in areas where they experience power outages as we get into warmer weather temperatures. That can be especially good to have on hand because you you never know. And I mean, who doesn't want to stay prepared, right? But also, you know, seafood is a key source of omega-3 fatty acids, especially DHA, which is essential to fetal brain development, to cognition for adults, super important for women of childbearing age just in general. And I would say make sure that you're just keeping it safe by having 8 to 12 ounces of different types of seafood per week. But more seafood more often, especially with the canned variety. Okay, another type of protein I'm here for, nuts. Nuts and nut butters, easily one of the best. And honestly, if If you feel like that's getting even more costly these days, go for the peanut butter. I mean, it is easily one of the most affordable options. Peanut butter is my personal nut butter favorite, the old classic. I love the Trader Joe's version. And no, they're not paying me, although I desperately wish that they would because honestly, it's like a a snack mecca. I mean, I just feel like I belong to them. I belong with them. (laughs) I don't know. But they really do have like a $2 peanut butter. It's the best thing I've ever had. Eight grams of protein, four grams of fiber. I mean, really, honestly, I would say the salted versions are absolutely okay. They typically still range in that 140 milligrams or less, which is actually considered a low sodium food, which is amazing. But you're going to get all of those good nutrients. You'll get tons of key minerals, potassium, calcium, magnesium, but most importantly, you'll get that plant-based combo of protein and fiber. Love it. $2. I wanted to call it two buck chuck the entire time I was talking about it, but it's not because that's wine. Okay. The other thing that you probably know I'm going to say already is to choose pulses as your protein and fiber filled base. Beans, lentils, chickpeas, peas. Guys, I love pulses and and I wish that they would work with me too, but they're not. But I will, I will, you know, if you're listening and you work with the pulses, (laughs) call me. But 
Here's the thing. The beauty of pulses as a staple and having these on hand in different forms is that they are truly one of the most affordable and most nutritious and most, you know, climate friendly thing that you can possibly consume. Beans, lentils, chickpeas, peas. They're the dry edible seeds of legumes that are being used in everything from flowers for baking to flowers as the base for better for you snacks. I'd say for your, when you're shopping for canned versions, look for brands that say things like reduced sodium or 50% less sodium. That just, you know, keeps it a little bit lower because often with canned foods, that's really what you're going to find in some of these more savory items simply because it's a preservative. But other than that, it's pretty simple. The ingredients that you're going to get in there, you can also get rid of most of that sodium by draining and rinsing before you prep your meal. So simple as that. You don't even have to actually get the low sodium version. You can just drain and rinse. Plenty of immune boosting minerals, antioxidants. You've got the combo of protein and fiber, which is so helpful for satiety. But the other thing I really love about it is that, you know, compared to animal products and compared to like things like Beyond Meat or Impossible Burger, beans as your base is the simplest way to have a plant-based meal without, you know, also shopping for something that's less nutritious and actually more expensive, like Beyond Burger, for example. I love the pastas that are also in this aisle, things like Banza, Explore, Barilla. These are all great 100% bean or lentil flour or chickpea flour, all great options. What I love about those is that sometimes those will seem like they're more expensive versus traditional pastas, but the benefit is that when they're made from these pulse-based flours, you don't actually need the meat, right? So if you wanted to go without the the meat if you're making a pasta dinner, you could probably quite easily do that just by adding some veggies, adding some of the sauce that you like, some some of the fresh tomatoes, fresh good summer veggies, or even frozen veggies, and making that your sort of main meal, your staple meal, because that combo of protein and fiber is going to be already in that tiny little bean in the form of a flour that made your pasta, made your penne. Look at that little rotini right? I mean, delish, love it. I think it's a perfect staple. And the last one I was going to say, which you probably also already know I was going to say is fresh frozen produce. Both of those are great options. I'd also say that, you know, especially right now, like look for the things that are seasonal, that are in season that you can buy fresh. And therefore, because they're fresh and because if you live somewhere where that type of produce is local and fresh to you, you can pop that right in the freezer and make sure that you've got it for a couple of weeks, even into the later part of the summer. So you've got tons of different staples on hand. You will definitely save with pulses, with frozen produce, because you can maximize the versatility of all of these items. And I think that's really the key here, right? Because, you know, so much of what's going on right now, just it just doesn't seem to be turning around anytime soon. So we want things that can work in multiple ways at multiple meals and provide as much versatility and customization as possible. All right, so I hope that helps. As always, please DM me your nutrition questions at Jacqueline London RD. And I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you think. I'd love to hear what you think about today's guest. I would love to know what you want to hear more about on this podcast. DM me at Jacqueline London RD. And of course, leave us a five-star rating and review. Love you. All right, let's get into our episode. This is what I, this is where I was going to start somewhere else, but I really want to start here. That shit okay. is hard. Let's it's just so start hard. with that. So hard. <laughs> and by like, that shit, beyond. listeners, what we mean is writing, writing a book. That, that shit's really hard.
Mm -hmm. Let's hear first about your book, Tony, because I mean, I just started the the Kindle edition, the preview of it, because I was like, yes, this is what we need in our lives. Thank God. Thank God. And also, that only counts for 0.5 of a professional uh, continuing ed credit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh God, it was rough, but no, right. My book, like, I think everyone who writes a book deserves so much credit for the fact that they decided to go out. It's not an easy task at all. Mine in particular, I actually think it was like, it was more harder emotionally oh my and also God, harder yeah. to just like, yes, to sit and have the discipline to kind of force yourself to write when I feel like writing is a very creative thing. Right. So to like create hours where you're going to decide to like feel inspired and it's like, no, like the whole purpose of writing is like when you feel like writing, you sit down and then you write. But I was kind of felt, felt like I had like deadlines. Right. Do it, whatever. (laughs) Because you did. But yeah, well, I actually, crazy is I actually, I self-published. So like, I didn't actually have specific a deadline, but more so for me, I knew oh, that if I didn't wow. put a deadline on myself, I would never write it. 100%. Cause that's pretty much what happened. Like I had this intention of like getting it out within like a year when I made the decision, then the pandemic happened. So I do feel like I need to like give oh, myself my some God. grace there just cause like everything was so weird. And so just like everything s- switched and changed, but I did realize like this, and this is like a pattern I have, which speaking of patterns, <laughs> that's what I talk about in the book, like a pattern I have is like, I'll start something and not finish it. So the amount of books I've started reading and not finished. It's like crazy. And my writing coach was like, Tony, you're writing a book and you yourself never finish reading books. Like you need to finish reading books first. And then you also need to just finish writing the damn thing. So I was like, all right. I, cause I was almost done with it for probably a year. So I finally like <laughs> gave myself a deadline, but why is writing a book hard? Writing a book is hard because like obviously translating what's going on in your head to paper and then helping people kind of feel things and see things on an emotional level for my book in particular, It's called Once Upon a Diet. It's about the parallels between dieting, dating, and romantic relationships and how we tend to treat them the same. And we can definitely talk more about that. But like personally, when I was younger, I really struggled with my body image, my relationship with food. And after a long period of time, I definitely finally figured it out becoming a registered dietitian, really, I felt like I healed that part of me. But like, I really can't say the same thing for dating. I mean, now I can, but there was many years where I really struggled with kind of choosing the right partner and settling for less than what I deserved. And I was not, I'm not a relationship expert by any means. I really only have that personal experience. So I think when it came to like talking about nutrition and stuff like that, that part was easy. But when it came to going back to like my issues with my body image and like having family members make comments at me or struggling in my dating life, that was what was really difficult because I had to kind of go back to these really unpleasant moments, these times in my life that to be honest today, I I just wish never happened. Like I was like, they happened because they shaped me into who I am today. But like, There's relationships I don't even like literally give the time of the day to think about because it was just so traumatizing. (laughs) It was like not fun, you know? So it's basically, that's what's hard, I think, about it. It's being able to revisit those unpleasant places and then being able to speak about it in a way that people are going to understand and relate and, you know, help and heal them too while you're just like trying to figure it out on your own. Oh God, it's such a good point, especially because, I mean, even as you're just talking about this now, there are so many parallels <laughs> to so many. food and our relationship with food and also what it's like to date and to go out on dates. And then you think about how those two can kind of come together and you're like, okay. And there's like so many different angles here. And even even in some of what you just said, I'm thinking about how like 
even I am totally guilty of being like, all right, I mean, this guy on a first date is going to order a whiskey sour. I'm not here for that. Right. Like there's like yeah. every little level, right? Like, so there's the very deep and the very like, you know, how does this align with like my values, my priorities, my preferences. And then there's mm -hmm. also the very kind of top level, like, I don't know, why does he have an umbrella in his drink kind of thing? Yeah. I, <laughs> I feel like there's like just so many different, so many different directions we can go in. Can you tell us about the honeymoon phase parallel? Because that really stuck with me and it is so true. And I feel like you and I both probably see people all the time that are in there or are coming out of their honeymoon phase. I feel like we get them when they're coming out of their honeymoon phase. Oh yeah. Always, always. Well, basically, so the honeymoon phase is easy. Everything's working. Everything's exciting. Everything's new, right? We love the novelty. Like that's the honeymoon phase, right? But the honeymoon phase fades. Like eventually yeah. you kind of just, the more you're exposed to something, the less like exciting it is. And, mm -hmm. you know, then things start to get real because then you start to realize like when you're excited and motivated and you first start, whether it's a diet or even dating someone, you're so focused. You're just like so dialed in. You're just like, this is working. This is great. This is perfect. But then eventually like life happens and you have to realize like, actually, is this something that I can take into the real world? Right? So like, for example, if you, the diet that you're following mm. requires you to like eat out of Tupperware container and never leave your house, well, then that's not going to work <laughs> after that like six month park. Like that's just, you know, it might work temporarily, but it's not going to be long-term. So if the person you're dating is like great in the bedroom and great at home, but when you go out right. in life and you don't know how to like navigate life together, well, then right. maybe they're not your long-term partner. And there's also just so you guys know from speaking to you, like, there's really like nothing wrong with it. I think the issue where I struggle when I'm working with a client or kind mm. of what I I see is this idea that I can take something that's effective in the honeymoon phase and make it long-term, right? So yes. it's like getting frustrated when that diet that you've been following, that meal right. plan you're following doesn't work in the long run, but like it wasn't meant to. You, you right. understand what I'm saying, right? Like that person you're dating, there's nothing wrong with a short-term fling, but if you're expecting to take that short-term fling and make them your partner for the, and marry them, you're going to be on the struggle bus for a while. If there was a guy that I dated like on and off for years, hoping one day he would one day be ready to be like a committed partner. And he right. just, from the jump, actually from the jump, we both were in that mindset, but right. at a certain point, like my um, feelings changed. Right. His didn't. His was right. very clear for me, but I was just like, but I think I can change him. But I, right. no, you can't. Right. And we can't. all do that. Like how, yeah. oh my God, we all do that. Oh yeah. my God. It's such a good point. It's such a good point. It is the human definition of what it's like when you see a client who is like, you know what? I don't think I can do this anymore. I'm going keto. It's so sexy to lose that water weight. And I can yeah. completely understand where that's coming from. But then from leaving your house to go to the bar and have one pretzel or, or like, you know, one vodka soda and you're like, I'm up two pounds or what, whatever, whatever it is that mm -hmm. becomes the trigger is the full downfall into total despair. I mean, like, mm -hmm. and it, it relates completely to exactly what you're saying about relationships. I just think it's such a perfect example. When did this occur to you? I guess is like a, a sort of weird way of saying it because to us, I guess maybe it feels really obvious, but I, I would imagine to people listening, it might be like a, whoa, that's so true. How crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So I talk about it in chapter four 
And Love if it. you want to read my book, like it'll go in detail about it. But I remember it was a pivotal moment for me because it was the decision yeah. I was like, because I actually, before the book, I did a TEDx talk. Yeah. And I watched I, it. I watched oh, it. It was so you. good. It's thank so you, good. Thank you, thank you. Also, yeah. we need to talk about that because I have other questions about that. But yes. Okay. 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 <laughs> well, either way, like I had applied ironically to do a TEDx talk about a year or so ago when I was in a relationship that was not a good fit at all. And my idea that this wasn't even an idea. I was going to talk about like, you know, behavior modification and habit stacking and nutrition. Right, and I, right. I didn't get selected, but it's because it wasn't. Right. It, it wasn't it's anything not TEDx new. It wasn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't tedx -y. So basically I had broken up with that boyfriend. I was sitting across the room from my therapist and kind of like really kind of figuring out what it was about me and choosing the partners that I was choosing mm. and always settling for less than I deserved. And it's like, I had never clearly defined what it was that I actually wanted. And so by default, when you're not clear on what you're looking for, you're totally. just kind of, kind of take whatever falls around. And like that, for me, that came from like, really like, you know, the past of, you know, I grew up overweight, even when I lost the weight, I still never really saw myself as that. I was still always trying to prove like that 12 year old girl inside of me that I was mm, worthy. Yeah. You know, I didn't realize that I was, I was worthy then I'm worthy now. I don't need to do anything different. I don't need to change the shape of my body. I don't need to be in a specific type of relationship. I get to choose and I don't need to change to do that. Right. right. So I remember it was in therapy that I realized like I was doing it in my dating life. And then I was like reflecting on all of these clients that would come into the program that I, mm -hmm. I work with. We do a six month program. And I realized like every single woman before they would come to us, they would basically jump from diet to diet, hoping each one was like, quote unquote, the one. Right. And then they would get frustrated when it didn't work out. But what they weren't recognizing is that they were just basically following a different diet, but it seemed like thing. a different diet, but really yeah. it was the same diet, just in a different book. Like everything right. kind of was like based on restriction or what not to have or the right. extremes. Right. And I was doing the same thing. I say this in my Ted talk, like I dated five versions of the same guy just with a different name and a different face. So like, I thought I was doing something different, <laughs> but I was repeating the same old patterns because I wasn't asking the right questions. I wasn't right. being introspective. I wasn't taking that time in between the relationships, right. That I was either all in or all out, like full blown totally. when it came to relationships, I was quote unquote free bird dating anyone no attachments whatsoever or like 100 committed 100 loyal like nobody could, you can't even look at me i'm gonna stare at you right back like don't look at me i'm in a relationship Bye. don't look at like, me right <laughs> stop looking at me like all like all in all out and that's what people do with dieting right and it's and then it's like those in-between moments where people struggle they don't really know that you could actually there's a middle ground and there's something like when you're not on a diet like you actually can learn how to just eat balanced and consistent right. and like figure out what works best for you. And like, because I'm not in a relationship, that doesn't mean now I have to just like be like free and whatever and not and detached. I can actually do the inner work. I could actually take the time to figure out what is it that I'm looking for? What is it that I want? Do I even want a long-term relationship? Like just because society says you need to look right. a certain way or be in a relationship or whatever it is, like that doesn't need to be what you want. And you, you get to decide, you get to choose. So for me, it was really that moment in therapy, like, where I forget what my therapist asked me, but it was just so pivotal. And I like, oh, she had me close my eyes and go oh. like through like a meditation. And she's like, where do you feel it? And it was my throat. And I realized like, it's because I have just, I felt like I haven't been able to like speak up for that 12 year old girl. Like, so mm. it was really, it was really deep. Like it, it really, really was pivotal. And that's how the talk was born. That's how the book was born. And that's when I started to realize like all these different parallels. Wow. That's amazing. 
it's okay to say like, this is a fling, right? Like when it comes to food and when it comes to dating, I mean, God, who would I even be if I hadn't said yes to all of that? A hundred percent. Well, because it, it helps yeah, you figure out what exactly. you want and what you don't want. Like, right. there's, and there's components. And this is what I talk about in the book and with our with my clients. I'm sure you do a very similar thing. Like, there's probably components. And I, I you know, I'm really not a huge fan of keto at all. But like, right. at the same time, when someone does keto, they probably are paying more attention to like reading the nutrition facts label, like seeing where added right. sugars are coming from. Like, there's right. probably components right. to it where yeah. they learn, like, I can just have coffee with cream. Like, I don't need to have, like, coffee with, like, a bunch of sugar and cre- Like, whatever it is, yeah. like, it could be as simple as thing as that. And I never want to talk about, like, demonizing certain foods. Like, everyone is different. But all that to say, like, there's components to keto. There's probably components to maybe you did a program like Beachbody and you love mm. the workouts. You can leave the nutrition, but keep doing the workouts if they make you feel committed. Like, whatever right. it is. Like, there are components to things that we have tried. And in that fling, we realized oh, you know what? I like this, but I don't like this. Or maybe you followed a meal plan that had a recipe that it's like your go-to staple. You don't have to follow the whole damn meal plan now. Just use that recipe and then bring it into your lifestyle. Like you don't have to follow things to a T because we're unique. And so there's nothing out there that's going to fit you perfectly. Mm -hmm. You know, all those one size fits all approaches are not going to work for you in the long run. It's really learning how to like take what works and leave what doesn't. It's such a good point, Tony, because I feel like I have so much to learn and I respect that so much because I really feel like that is really such a good point. And I forget that sometimes. Like I, I feel like, oh, like another stupid trick. I, yeah, well, that's they're where like stupid. my gut, right? They're still frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's such a good point. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, we can believe what we point, want, but right? <laughs> we have to, well, so we have to meet, I fell for all of that right, crap. Right, like I really right. did when I was, and this was, this was before I was a dietitian. And even when I was a dietitian, right. I'm going to be fully transparent. Like there was times when I was a registered dietitian and I wasn't following any of like the crazy fad diets, but I was still obsessed with healthy eating. I was still yeah. obsessed with like counting calories and macronutrients and all that stuff. And there's a time and place for everything for everyone, but it really just matters more. So your mindset behind it, Completely. Like, that's, that's the thing that I think people really need to understand. Like there's really no like good or bad thing in regards to like, this is a great plan for you. This is not a great plan for you. It's more so like, what is your attitude behind it? How does it make you feel? And do you feel like pigeonholed? Like this is the only way there's never one way to do something. There's never the only way. And you know, that's where I think people get stuck and they realize like that actually they get to create it. It doesn't have to be something that's out there. They can try something and learn something. And one thing I say is like, it's never a waste of your time as long as it taught you something. But in order for it to teach you something, you really need to take that time to ask yourself the right questions and be introspective and ask yourself like, what did I like about this? What didn't? And how can I bring something more positive into my future? It's like a personal debrief. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's like what worked, what didn't work, what am I taking from this that I can use again for the future. But what I love about that is that in online stalking you, (laughs) as one does. Well, yeah, I mean you did as as a podcast host myself. I think you did a good job. Right. It feels like I looked you up before I came out here too. (laughs) Right. I feel great about that. You see what I mean? Like here we are. As kindred spirits, I saw something on your Instagram that I am obsessed with. You mentioned this word that we just don't use enough when it comes to food and nutrition in general, and that is practice, right? Like, I just feel like we need to get back in the mindset that nothing comes easily and that practicing is always an opportunity to learn something, especially because we have to eat to live. So we get to practice as many times a day as we choose 
100%. to eat, right? Mm-hmm. So give us a little bit more on that and your your kind of coming to the idea of practicing versus perfection or even the idea of practice as a means to progress. I feel like that also can kind of get conflated too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we are what we repeatedly do. So a lot of what I teach, and I'm sure it's very similar to what you teach, it's really based off of creating habits out of, you know, deciding to be a more balanced eater or engage in more physical activity or get, you know, quality sleep, all the things that we talk about at the foundational levels of a healthier lifestyle, right? Staying hydrated with water, like all those things. You have to make a habit out of it, but you can't just make a habit out of something by doing it one time. You have to practice it. (laughs) Right. And so, and also too, like, and in regards to like making progress, I, I think that we're always progressing in some way. We're always adjusting in some way. Our life is always changing. So it really is a practice like mindful eating, paying attention to when you're hungry and when you're full and even like the practice of like eating certain foods and paying attention to like the textures and Mm. that's a practice. Right. And so I think it's very similar to, I don't know if you do yoga or you're familiar with like the yoga community. I used to, but let me tell you, Tony, I don't know if I can touch my toes right now. I've just been feeling really (laughs) inflexible. (laughs) Like I like well, crossed my legs last night and I was like, ow, what's going on? Well, that's so funny. Well, because they say like, if you don't, if you don't use it, you right, lose it, right? Exactly. But that's the thing, yoga, like that's a practice. You right. don't just become a yogi right. by just taking that, a yoga right. class. I love that you that's know in what the I mean? name. Like, totally. Yep. And, and also too, when you go to a yoga class, everyone is at a different level. And I actually yeah. love that about yoga. I love that they give you options. Right. If you want to push yourself today, if you're not feeling it today, like it's never like a one size fits all approach. And I think you can be a yogi without being able to do all of the crazy, you know, flexible, whatever, you know, you know, crow. I can't do crow. There's a lot of yogis who can do crow. I also don't practice anymore. I used to do yoga a lot. Then the pandemic happened and I'll do yoga like once a week from home, but like I'm not engaged. So I'm talking from this, just from like, as an analogy, not from personal experience. Like I'm not, I don't practice yoga right (laughs) now. I'm thinking about crow Um, and I'm, I'm feeling my back spasm a little. <laughs> yeah, no, I've never been. I mean, I maybe, maybe one time for like a, a second, like an actual second. Like, yeah, no, never I, I think I did crow one time for a second. Like I wanted it for a photo op. So I like just yes, videoed like, myself and then screenshotted that one millisecond. Right. I was able to do it. <laughs> that right there is a skill in its own right. Okay. Yeah. So let's just give that credit where it's due. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, all, but all I have to say, like, I think when you use the word practice, you realize like you're never really done per se. Like living a healthy lifestyle is the ongoing thing. Like you always have our bodies with us. Like we never lose it. So it's just learning how to care for it and to nourish it, but not to be so hard on it, not to be so rigid with it and also not to neglect it. Right. It's kind of, I find like a lot of people fall in like one part or the other. And the reality is, is that this is your body and it's been there for you for your whole life. It's going to continue to be there for you as you live and let's work with it rather than work against it. So that Mm. requires a daily practice. I love that you said that too, because I also have been getting a lot of this recently. And I wonder if you have thoughts on it, like, or if you're hearing this too, which is like, but doing X used to work so well for me. Like I, Mm. I, that would work so well in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's like, a constant like repeat of, well, if it worked, would you have to do it again? Would you have to try again? Right. Right? Like, so, so it's it's about being honest. It's like, 
it may and it also or maybe it did work but maybe that was when you weren't working two jobs or maybe that was when right. you didn't have a family to take care of or maybe that was 20 years ago when it's like real right. is that really realistic right now like you know that's where i think it's important to realize that's the flexibility needs to be there and that mm. okay maybe you were just in a f- different phase in your life and so maybe we need to find a new way in order to incorporate whatever it is that you had tried before, but it doesn't need to look exactly like that. Cause if it had worked, you probably would have done it. <laughs> if it had worked, it wouldn't be here telling me how well yeah. this worked completely, exactly. completely exactly. with you. The other part of that, that I love too, is like, I, and I feel like I hear this a lot from women. I sort of think this is like more multifactorial rather than like one area of <laughs> blame to place. But like we used to hear from like medical establishment, like, oh yeah, your metabolism declines as you age. Like mm. that, that used to be such a big kind of phrase. I think it still probably is. And yet there's no real research that supports that in any substantive way, at least not in the ways that we've been taught that it declined. This steady 100%. decline is meant to happen, right? And I think we forget that like when we grow up into being humans, we tolerate a lot less bullshit. Like, wait, like, mm-hmm. no, you probably don't want to spend a whole two days eating only apples anymore. Like, maybe mm-hmm. that worked for you then because you could push yourself to do anything really horrendous for a temporary period of time. But, like, mm-hmm. ultimately, when you've done enough bullshit things, <laughs> yeah, your yo-yo string gets tired. And that's not necessarily only a physical one. It's also, like, the psychological one of being like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Are you kidding? Why yeah. did I do that? <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. And you don't need to do that. Right. So there's no point. Right. Like why? Why struggle and suffer your way through for sustainable weight loss? Like why struggle when you don't have to struggle that way? Completely. When you can eat food <laughs> right, and not starve yourself and still lose weight sustainably. Like why do that? I think what people fail to realize is, you know, maybe certain stages like through menopause, mm-hmm. your, where you carry your weight will definitely change. Mm-hmm. And so it might appear that it's harder for you and it could be, but I think other than that, it's really um, the main difference is your lifestyle. Yes. Like think about yes. it. Like I just think about when I was in college, the amount of walking I did being living on campus and being upstate and having all the hills and like or if they were athletes like I played a lot of sports I was on the dance I not dancing was like a dance company dance club but either way like I was very very active and like yeah I was probably drinking a lot it's just like a different lifestyle like a completely different lifestyle so you go from that to having maybe time to work out more or cook more or whatever or to like then being at a desk job and just being less active I don't think people give enough credit to like physical activity in the sense that people think like if they do like high interval interval training you know a few times a week, they're going to be good. But the reality is that's probably doing more harm than good. You're putting right. like more stress on your body. But what I think people don't give enough credit to is more so just like walking more and sitting less. A completely. You know, like those sort of yeah. Yeah. I really feel like a true kindred spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, I'm like, let me just hug you. Let me just hug you through the computer. I love, I love all the your color in the background, by the way. This I took, I'm out of my took office a lot today. of work. I'm not going to no, this. Took great. So much no, work. it looks great. I think that alone is just exciting. This is the color. <laughs> I, I will spare you the horror story of this week. This is only here as of this week. So here we are. It's oh, colorful. Good. Finally. Oh, it's good. Good, good, good. I mean, <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
I love it. Um, Do you watch the, the edit, the organized? Oh my, oh my God, God the home edit. On Netflix. Yes. Wait home a second. Edit. We got to talk about this too because I watched the first season. I haven't watched the second season yet. First of all, thank you because I feel honored to be in the same sentence with them. With, with the whole. <laughs> well, I just like to think of like the color and the organization. It looks good. It looks good. I, I love it. I need it. I am not an organized human. Like I'm organized in like life and my schedule and work. But when it comes to like, I'm very excited for my cleaning lady to come tomorrow. I'm just like oh looking my around God, my apartment right now. You. No, I fully, fully get that. But also organizing somewhere like in the last couple of years took this turn for me. Disorganization was sort of like my go-to form of organization. And then mm. I feel like the pandemic, like it was starting kind of before the pandemic is that like, it was sort of like a procrastination project. Like it started when uh-huh. I was writing the book. Actually, that's really when it started. Because I oh, would yeah. be you like, can clean. When you, you can have to write a book, you're going to be a you're great gonna cleaner. Bake? You're going to bake a <laughs> shit ton of things. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're baking, yeah. bake, bake, cook, you're going to make yeah. something that it that takes a slow cooker. Or like yeah. some sort of like braising yeah. or like sous vide, like something that needs a yeah. lot of attention, care, totally. measuring, detail. <laughs> 100%. And then you've got to shop for the ingredients. God forbid you should use an app for that. No. When you've got to do something <laughs> else, you got to go to the store. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Yeah, I, I was a great cleaner when I was writing my book. Right. Great cleaner. Write a book if you really need to clean your apartment. It could yeah. be its own book. <laughs> you know what I 100%. mean? 100%. But because you brought up the home edit, I got to ask you about something major, which is speaking of homes. <laughs> speaking of homes, you're getting a real estate license? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. It's very random for me, but I'm very excited about it. The Wait, classes are I don't are think hard, it's random but... at all. I don't think it's random yeah, at no, all. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to connect with people. I'm excited for like a second career. I'll always continue to do what I do. I love my my business and I love helping people heal the relationship with food and, and all the things as a dietitian. Like, right. I really love it. I just, I was noticing that I'm like ready for something new. I've been a dietitian now for about nine years. Yeah. And my blog, I started when I was in college. So Tips with Tony has wow. been around awesome. since like 2011. So wow. it's been a while at this and I, I feel like I love it. I, mean, I almost feel like I've come full circle with it, if that right. makes sense. Right. That like, I think I can continue to do this, but I also like, I'm also, I'm, I'm going to be 32 in June. Mm-hmm. I don't know when this is coming out, but I'll oh be 32. My God, so wait, June what? 9th. June 9th. I'm June 6th. I'm not going to Oh, we're so close. I mean, I knew knew it had to be. You had to at least be an air sign, Tony. I mean, I just... (laughs) Yeah, so anyways, a lot lot of things just to make, like, I think I'm just ready for something new. I'm ready for something different. I myself want to purchase something right now. I Mm. rent. I would love to purchase something one day. I'm always like, even when I was in school to be a dietitian, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to, if I'm going to be recommending this to someone, I want to try it myself. Like I've always just been like, let me learn as much as I can about something before I go into it. So if I don't, I think I'm going to use it. I think I'm going to be real. I think I'm really going to love it. But even if I didn't, like also it's like super cheap to become a real estate agent. I decided this in mid-April and by like July, I'll be a real estate agent. That's amazing. Wait, how different from our other... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How different that yeah, is. Yeah, so I'm excited. Huh. I'm excited. Wow. Like, that's what I was thinking about is that when I saw that online, I was like, oh my God, how how cool is that? But also, to me, it really is a sort of next phase transition because I think space, and especially like if we've learned nothing from the pandemic, like 
space really matters when it comes 100%. to like how you live because it, it yeah. determines how you live. Like your yep. physical space, your environment, whatever, whether that's like a, in the metaphysical sense of like your emotional well-being or your physical literal space really plays such a big role in how you live your life and therefore yeah. how you can make changes if the, if that's what you want to do or how you can start taking steps to live healthier. I mean, I feel like that really tracks right? A hundred percent. They all definitely affect one another for sure. And also we're sort of like in the people business. I feel like you're going to be a phenomenal real estate agent. And it really is its own rabbit hole of, of fascination. I just feel like, I mean, I just feel like there's many questions. There's many things I'd like to know about real estate. Although I, I feel like we're, we're not really here to talk about it, but I mean, first of all, on a scale of one to organic chemistry, where does this exam fall? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So this Whoa. is the book. 20 Whoa. chapters. I have to do 75 hours. So you the better classes... get some CPEUs for this. I'm just saying, uh, yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. You're going to probably have to make a case for it to the I academy. But Anyways, I... <laughs> it's a lot. And then the question, I have two tests actually. I'm going to school to like okay. learn, which hopefully helps with the pass rate because you technically can study on your own. Okay and then just take the state exam. So I'm learning all this content, which then the tests are only 75 multiple choice questions. So what well, I like say that RD because- exam. I feel like that yeah, actually we, you is quite like the RD so exam. much, but okay. you don't know, like it's hard to say what's going to actually be on the test. Right. So you have to study all of this material where you're probably only going to utilize like 10% of it on the exam. And then also in the real world, I truly feel like I'm learning, but like, I'm going to learn when I start doing like, that's 100%. when I'm really going to learn, you know what 100%. I mean? So when it comes to like, when you mention organic chemistry, it's like, I don't think I'm going to use half the stuff in here, especially like, we have to learn everything from like, like construction and foundation. We also have to learn like commercial real estate, but I'm, I'm probably not going to do commercial. And they recommend mm. like, if you do, you would want to get an additional certification anyway. So it's like learning stuff that like, I don't think I'm actually going to use uh, some of it. I will, but once again, I'll learn it as I'm doing it. So totally. right now I just need to study to pass. <laughs> right. So basically what you're saying is this is the Krebs cycle. This is like the yeah. Krebs cycle. Because you learn of, like all right. this stuff and it's like, when do you actually ever use that? Like, you know, some of the stuff I'm going to need, like license, like law and stuff. Like I definitely think, because I don't want to get sued. Like stuff right. like that things, I think is right. important. Things like not you know? getting sued. That feels yeah. like, that feels like a promising, a promising yeah. spot. Yeah. Oh and then some things are just like, are like common sense, like right. fair housing and not treating people based on where they come from or what, like that. It's right. like, well, I would hope everybody knows that. So there's certain things that are like obvious. And then there's certain things I'm learning that I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to need to know this. Uh, which is okay. All right. So it really is but full I circle. I mean, it. that's straight back to the RT exam. I, yeah. I feel yeah. like the parallels might just be there for probably everything scary, scary, but true. Because you never know, I guess, like would be the rationales that you never know what what you would eventually wind up going yeah, into, I although in your case. Thing, I actually don't know. Like I only right. know that now, obviously, because I'm a dietitian and I know I've never taught anybody the Krebs cycle. So right. I only know that now. <laughs> but like, I don't, I think that I'm just assuming, but I don't know until I become, you know, a real estate agent. I don't know if I'll ever use most of the stuff I'm learning. What I love about this so much is first of all, 
I love that you were just like, I want to try something new. And it does feel like the mm-hmm. next sort of journey. I love, I love that whole idea right there. I feel like it takes a tremendous amount of confidence to say, I'm going to go do something different or like, I'm going to go try something different. This isn't even doing something different in the sense that you're abandoning what you're currently doing. You're just doing this on top of what you're currently doing. Yeah. I feel like confidence, Tony, is could be your middle name. Uh, but we all need more of it. So how are we going to get it? Like, where do we start? A hundred percent. That's a great question. It really is. First of all, just doing it, doing the things that you didn't think you could do. Once you do one of those, that's why I actually think like committing to a healthier lifestyle and like getting into like a fitness journey with the right mindset is a foundational thing to actually help with this. Right. Like, because if, for example, if you feel like you're not a runner, you can't run. And then you decide to train for a half marathon well, you did something you didn't think you could do and right. you should be really proud of yourself. Right. So like, that's how you grow those confidence muscles right. is if you don't feel comfortable wearing a certain outfit, you put that outfit on anyway, or you put on something that you're like, you know, I would never really wear this, but I'm just going to like, it fits good, but like, I don't really, I don't want to show my legs, but whatever I'm going to, but I'm just going to wear it and you go out. And you realize, oh, that wasn't that bad. I could actually wear more clothes like this. You know, like, so it's stuff like that. I definitely think that, I think once you have enough data to show that you can do hard things, you stop overanalyzing it and you just do it, you know? So for me, it started with, my business I thought was always going to be like a side hustle. I thought I was always going to do it part-time. And then I was like, right. well, what would happen if I tried to just do this full-time? Right. So I went into my business full-time. And I was like, wow. oh, wow, I can actually do this. I was like, what if I applied to for a TED Talk? I got denied so many times, but wow. I just kept applying because I'm like, you know what? I, I really want to do this. And so eventually I did that. I was like, okay, what happens if I write a book? Well, this shit's hard, but I'm going to do it because I said right. I was going to do it. And I've done hard things before, so I can do this. And it's like, what if I want to grow a team? I, I hire my first employee. She's doing, she's thriving. I'm filling her spots. Okay. I can hire somebody else. Like you just do it. Right. That's where I think people struggle is they get really stuck in that overwhelm of the what ifs. Yeah. And it's like, what you'll figure it out. You'll always figure it out because if it wasn't the right path for you, it's going to lead you to a better one. But I find that nine times out of 10, if you believe in yourself and you just don't give up and you keep pushing through that messy middle, like you eventually will realize like, oh, I can do hard things. Like I can do this. And so that way you realize like you, you can do it. Like that's where the confidence, you just build that muscle over time and you just, you just do it. (laughs) No, it's so true. It's so true. I wonder if you would distinguish for us, <laughs> the difference between like something being challenging, especially when it comes to food, right? Like something mm-hmm. being challenging versus something being unnecessarily hard. You I know what I like, you like where question. you take, you know, like what you were talking about before. Well, okay. So a couple things. One, I use the analogy in my book I share. There's a difference between compromise and sacrifice. And I yes. used to confuse oh. the two very much. I used to think that if I wanted to lose the weight or, you know, get to a certain weight or even be in a relationship, I needed to sacrifice my time, my energy, you know, things that I actually like certain foods. Like I thought I had to sacrifice and give it up completely. And the difference between sacrifice and compromise is like a sacrifice. You don't necessarily get things in return. You're just, it's a sacrifice. It's depleting. (laughs) Whereas a compromise is like, you know what? I really want to get up early tomorrow to work out if I stay up and watch one more episode on Netflix, like probably not going to do right. that. So the compromise is like, as much as I really want to watch the show, right. I'm going to just turn it off because I can watch it tomorrow and I do want to work out tomorrow. And that makes me feel good. Right. And so that that's the compromise is like, there's usually 
a reward almost in return, like, and one that's like continuing, right? Totally. So it's not super draining. It's, it's worth it. Right. I think that's really the difference. And so always paying attention to your energy levels, you know, that the long-term goal and mm. just ask yourself if you're okay with that, you know, if you're okay with oh, what you have to do point. in order to get there. It's such a good point. In dressing on the side, I wrote about it when good is better than great. It's true because like, like there's different ways to say it. There's different like approaches to it. But the idea being that like, we can't always live in hyperbole, right? Like, mm -hmm. because if everything is great, then everything else can be horrible, right? Exactly. Like, so, so it does feel like the compromise versus sacrifice is exactly that point, which is like, like we learn to compromise in so many different scenarios, but we don't really like, no one tells you how to compromise with yourself. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like it, it's mm -hmm. like more of that trial and error that we're just not taught is a part of life. Like we know by like growing up and living our lives that it, that it's a part of life, but we don't, no one tells you that there's no course for that in school. <laughs> there's, and there's not. And also I think if we want to take that a step further, I think the expectation, unfortunately in society is like, somehow you're just going to have to figure it out. Like, and just right. like, have it all figured out by the time you're 20 or 30 right. or 40 or whatever, whatever right. age, you know, you are told, but the, the trial and error is life. That's everything. Right. That's what I, I want people to fall in love with that process. Right. The, the trying right. new things, the asking, how does this make me feel? Like, do I even like this? Like, will right. this last past the honeymoon phase? Like, you know, what lessons did I learn from this? Those are those three main questions I have people ask themselves before they're in a diet or relationship or in one or after one, like. I still don't have it figured out. We never have it figured out. Oh. Like you all, you learn that actually, you know, what's so funny. Like you never have it figured out. And here I was thinking right. my whole life, I was supposed to have it figured out. No, if, if anything, you just get a little bit more clear right. on what it is that you need to do or what's important to you and, you know, how you want to feel and who you want to be. And you, you start to like kind of lean into that a little bit more and it's just less of a struggle, but it's still going to be hard, but it's not right. like crazy hard. And there, you can definitely have more of those ups and downs, but we don't want to like live a life up here because then we go right back. Right. Really quickly no, 100%. Yeah. Oh my God. It's such a good point. I also just think it's such a much needed reminder right now in particular. Yeah. I always feel yeah. like we get to this time of year and it's like, June is the new December sort of thing. Like, like there's that like running around kind of like everything gets crazy and like the, mm -hmm. like XYZ project is ending or something new is starting or it's like summer and people are starting to feel like, oh, am I re-emerging from my home? Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the expectation is I've got it. Oh, it's summer. Like I've got to do all of these things versus mm -hmm. like, there's always that kind of ebb and flow of everything, but the collective feeling of busyness or getting stuck in the busyness sometimes stops us from being like, oh, okay, wait, what do I actually want to do? Like, what are, yeah. <laughs> what are yeah. my priorities? And as you were talking, it got me thinking also about the entire concept of priorities when it comes to health and and especially what we were saying before about like changes as you as we age and in the best possible way that like some things are real some things maybe aren't real but your priorities are real and then mm -hmm. that lens by which to see anything that you're doing is so significant it has to like we can't let that go you know what i mean like we have to actually put that front and center i feel like yeah because if you don't you're gonna you're not gonna feel great and right. that's, that's the main message i'm always teaching is like folk instead of focusing on how food makes you look focus on how food makes you feel 100%. and that goes beyond like everything like instead of 
worrying about like, what are people going to think if I'm with this partner or not with this partner? What are people going to think if I date this job or that job? Or what are people going to think if I have this kid or I decide not to have kids or Mm. whatever it is? Like, don't worry about what it's going to look like. Worry about how you're going to feel. Think about what's important to you and get clear on your values and your priorities. And you're going to live such a more freeing life. Like it's just going to, you're going to have more energy. You're going to be in a better mood. Like things will go a lot more smoothly when you're clear on what's important to you and you honor them. Oh, Tony. I just feel like everything, everything is like a, just a little pearl of beautiful wisdom right there. I mean, exactly. honestly, okay, we got to switch gears for just a moment because I know you talked about, and you've talked about this a lot here too. So I, and I'm very appreciative of that, but I want to get into some of the food memories you mentioned because I, I saw, I think it was in one of your videos that you were talking about your Greek and Italian family. And I just feel like there's a lot of delicious things to discuss or maybe around holidays, maybe there's a specific food memory that you loved. Besides some of the traumas that came up, are there any things that you have, that you are like, I always make X on this day of the year? I love that. I love that. Like a positive experience with food you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my Greek Easter just passed for us. So Mm. we just follow like a different calendar with the Greek Orthodox tradition. But we have a lot of traditions within celebrating Greek Easter. And one of it is during Holy Week. So the week before, you know, we celebrate Easter, we'll bake a lot of like breads and cookies from scratch. So the word yaya is grandma in Greek. And so we still have on like this flimsy piece of paper that I keep telling I'm like it's like we want to we should probably laminate it but like we don't want to laminate it yes, because it's like because it's not authentic enough it's like, not authentic, I know mm-hmm. but we don't want it to fall apart and right. like whatever so it's it says Yaya's recipe for all the cookies and all the baked goods but it's not my Yaya it's my parents Yaya so it's my great grandmother's oh my recipe God. yeah and we make that every single year and it's just such a great tradition I, all, I'm very blessed my cousins were all like within like one year of each other wow. and we grew up in the same neighborhood went to the same uh, middle school and high school and they're like sisters to me and we happen wow. to all be girls so there's six girls we we go on holy thursday and we bake the the breads and the cookies and then we dye easter eggs we still I mean we're from now we're like 25 to 35 and right. we're still <laughs> still dying Easter egg, but now it's cute. It's like now, you know, my, my cousins have fit kids and now they're starting to die the Easter eggs. It's just, it's like so cool. Like, it's wow. just so cool to have like childhood memories and then watching like your cousin's baby, right. do it now, you know, and then like, but still making like your great grandmother's recipe. It's just so freaking cool. First of all, the fact yeah. that it's still on a piece of paper. I know. I, I feel I, I, both yeah. worried, but also I yeah. totally get it. I, I totally get it. You we don't want to laminate it. It's not authentic. It. Okay. We've okay. Written, we've like okay. typed it out in other forms, like just in case, like we have also a Google me, doc, a little we've scan. We've done it so right. many years too, that like, I'm pretty positive. Like if God forbid it, it, we lost it, we probably in our, in our brains could like remember. Could do it. Right. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause what's cool about it too, is like, it's always been the tradition. Like once we were, old enough as kids like mm. we were the ones who did the baking so like our moms my mom's one of four sisters mm-hmm. they would be like in the living room just like hanging out and like as I would say probably like I was like 12 or 13 me and my my cousin who's a year older than me we would be like in charge of the baking and then like my other cousins would be in charge of like the easter egg dying and like wow. you know it was just such yeah. a cool it was cool so like we've been doing it for so many years that god forbid we lost it I think we could still probably remember it in our brain <laughs> 
Okay. That feels really good. That feels like a huge relief. I'm like, meanwhile, I'm like sitting here on the computer, like, let me just open a Google doc, make sure I get this recipe for them. I, I'm like, let me just, I'll take care of them. Like, let's just get this into an Excel sheet. Just, and we'll yeah, just get the yeah. ingredients. We'll be fine. What about now? In present day, Tony, your mm-hmm. life now. So you're in the city. You live in the city. Oh, right outside the city. I'm in Westchester County. Okay. Uh, but like the lower part of Westchester. Okay. Yeah. Any, yeah. any places that you feel like, okay, this is a great date spot or this is the perfect breakfast place. Like what, what currently are you loving in your local neighborhood or your new neighborhood? Um, well, I would say ever since I moved to Westchester County, which was like six or years ago or so, mm. we go, I mean, White Plains is a really popular yeah. place. And I don't know if people who are listening, if you're from around here, but like, I've always loved going to Lil- Lily's Pizza and a Dirty Martini. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's actually Tony, like, that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, those are my favorite things is just, you know, pizza and Dirty Martinis. <laughs> so wait, I mean, I couldn't really could not agree with that more. I feel like... <laughs> That's really, I mean, that's really what life is made of. It's like a really briny, oh my God. You know, outside, outside, like when the weather is nice, I just, I mean, obviously, you know, as a Gemini, like just being outside is just like life changing. So (laughs) if I don't get outside, I'm having a rough day. Let's just say that. So when it's summer, when it's nice out, I take every opportunity to be outside. So when it comes to going out to eat, I'm always choosing outside dining whenever, like whenever the weather's nice. So Lily's in particular has like that, the backyard patio. Who doesn't love pizza? And then like, if you like, I mean, I love dirty martinis. (laughs) I really, I could not agree more. And I feel like the olive gets an undue amount of airtime on this podcast because I always wind up bringing it back to like an extra olives situation. And I found stuffed olives. Yes. Of course. Blue cheese stuffed olives. Yeah, and I don't even really blue love cheese. blue cheese, but a blue cheese stuffed olive in a dirty martini you said is it. a game changer. You said yeah. it. I could not agree with that statement more. I actually hate blue cheese. <laughs> I don't really I hate blue it. cheese either. But in an olive, eat, yeah. in a martini, love it. Thousand percent. Game changer. It's the. It's Where are you from? <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from New York. We have got to hang out. I'm in the city. Yes, yes Tony, we are going to hang out because this is really, Absolutely. this is really meant to be. I mean, I can't I'm even so believe excited. it. I feel like this is like, why are we only meeting now? I'm upset. Yeah, I'm upset about that. Okay. I same. was going to ask you the question that I ask all of our, all of our sort of, this is like our final question for any guest on the podcast, but if you had to kind of like put together a last meal and doesn't have to mean you're, you're going anywhere. I mean, you're, you're here, so you're only 31 years old. I mean, you're here to stay, but like where, and by the way, I like to say that because I'm like, no, don't rush me. Don't rush me. I'm not next year's age until the day. Okay. So like, yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah, when yeah, people yeah. are like, oh, you're 32. No, no, you're not 32 yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, Only 31. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like you're going to space tomorrow. And you're like, I'm getting ready to go to space. I, I don't know. I'm going to be away from Earth for a while. Where are you eating? What are you eating? Yeah. Give us like a highlight reel of the good stuff. Okay, so it, it would be what I just shared. But what I did tell you is that you can put any toppings you want. And oh they God. have great. So it really is going to depend on my mood that day. I'm a big believer. That's in like the Gemini way. In the moment. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but like they have one that has like crazy pistachio and like goat cheese topping, which I'm obsessed what? with goat cheese. Yeah. Wait, with the regular... Mots or like with? I think as a replacement. Oh, of, yeah. 
So that that's a salad phenomenal. and a pizza, by the way, well, as the, far as they, I'm concerned. But then they also have sa- they also have one where you can top it with salad, which is my other go to. Which you know, I need to go. Can you? Are you free this weekend? I know. Well, I have to go. It's been a while since I've been to Lily's. Not gonna lie, my actually my my boyfriend doesn't love Lily's, which is sad oh. because. I mean, I have friends. I can go with other people. Right, but, but I mean, just, he's going to have to get on board. Like, he's got to yeah, get on so board. Yeah, so I haven't gone as, we actually haven't gone as much just because like when it comes to date night, like we just try to choose new places, but right. I need to, it's been a minute. It's been, an, it's been a minute. So anyways, I need to go back there because I usually switch between either the, like the goat cheese and the craisins and the pistachio, or it's like a salad pizza with like avocado. It's just so freaking good. It's just Oh my so God. Good. Yeah. So one of those. <laughs> okay. I got to join. I got to join you for that one because the idea of combining pizza and avocado toast in the same bite. Mm-hmm. And also for those who have, <laughs> if you are dairy free, I'm not, but if you are, you yeah. can also make modifications. You can say no cheese. It's magic. That is magic. Is right. And if you have a gluten sensitivity, you can get any of their pizzas gluten free, which is also for those who like, you know, for pizza, that's like the best thing ever. And you can't have it because of an allergy or sensitivity. Normally mm. your option is like the, the sad. sad personal pie. Yes, with nothing it's the on sad it. personal it's, pie that yeah. came from the freezer. Yeah, yes. that, that's like, yeah. So that's $20 when you right. can just get a pie. It's just ridiculous. But like that's in so this, true. you can get any of them on gluten, on with gluten free uh, bread. Okay. Yeah. So I'm in, and could, I'm in yeah, and I gotta be there. So good. So good. I have a new last question for you, which is, okay. which is just because you were so generous in giving me so much time. And I'm so glad that we got the opportunity to, to meet. And I, and I honestly, in many ways, I find this question to be really tricky to answer because I feel like it's one I've been asked a lot, but I also like asking it because I always like to hear what someone else in, in our profession would say to this, which is like, if you had to give kind of like one piece of, general advice like about anyone out there right now who's listening to this who's like where can I start like I feel overwhelmed Mm -hmm. I feel tired I feel burnt out I feel like this fucking pandemic and like the Mm -hmm. fucking state of the world right now and everything like I'm overwhelmed but I just need something like where where do I start what do I do yeah so I think the the main (laughs) thing I think a lot of people it is hard but I think the main thing that I have yet to have it not work with a client which is just start with, so start, it's not everything, but just start with eating three balanced meals per day. Cause I think the mindset is, you know, I shouldn't have this or I need to under eat, but then that always leads to overeating and all and the cravings and all the things. So if you just start with three balanced meals per day, you'll go very far. And when I say balance, that means incorporating a carbohydrate, a protein and a fat, Mm -hmm. trying to keep it, you know, a fiber rich carbohydrate, a quality protein source and a healthy fat most often. And don't forget to add occasionally some like fun or flavor so that you actually are enjoying what you like. But don't be afraid. I think a lot of people are afraid to like, quote unquote, overeat or eat too much. But then right. that's ironically what leads to the overeating or the binging or Always. the emotional eating or or the thing that they didn't want to do in the first place. So totally. I would just say start with learning how to fuel your body by eating those three balanced meals per day. It doesn't matter the time per se, but just really try to have three balanced meals per day. So that's probably what I would say for most people is like if they wanted one simple way to kind of get started to start with that. Because most people probably aren't eating three meals a day. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. I love that. So that's a good start. Thank you for that. Okay. So if people want to find you, learn more about you, hear your podcast, listen to more of Tony, where do they go? 
so Instagram is probably my main platform. So at tips underscore with underscore Tony with an I. I also have the Tips with Tony podcast. So of course you're a podcast listener. So that's always a, a great place to follow as well. And then if you want any information on coaching or courses, you can go to my website, tipswithtony.com. I love it. Tony, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in today to this episode of On the Side with Jackie London. If you enjoyed today's episode, please snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at Jacqueline London RD to let me know your favorite takeaway from any part of the episode. If you're loving the show, if there's a topic you'd love to hear more about or a guest you'd love to listen to here, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can scroll down on your podcast app to where it says ratings and reviews and rate this one five stars, of course, and share your feedback. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and start feeling more empowered and living better one meal or snack at a time. Of course, be sure to follow On The Side wherever you get your podcasts to ensure you won't miss out on any episodes. And remember to check us out. Check out the Q&A deep dive on the On The Side YouTube channel. This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Keep in mind that any advice provided on this podcast is based off of my clinical judgment and application of research and practice as a registered dietitian, and it should not take the place of medical advice from your own personal physician. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.